It's Sunday, October 14th, 2007, and it's time for a long overdue episode of Sentinel World. This is number nine, and to try out extending what I did last time, I thought I'd do a theme episode. Today's theme is work, which is why I'm playing a rather jazzy version of the Volga Boatman song, because when I think work, I think dirge these days, and when I think dirge, I think the Volga Boatman. Now, apparently this is a mix or a a jazzy version, uh, acid jazz version that was put together somewhere around the 60s or 50s even, somewhere in Hungary. Um, So it is actually titled... Uh, Tanzin, Tanzin. I, I don't know how to pronounce Hungarian, so you'll have to bear with me. And if somebody can help me, that would be great. But the subtitle is Instrumental Music from Hungary in the Cold War Era. And this is track 15 by Metro and is called Volgai Hajusok Dala. I hope. Oh, I love that. Um, anyway. Tonight's episode, as I said, will be about work, because I figure I'll catch you up on what's been going on, because this is one of the major things that has been occupying my time these days. So, um, sorry, I'm getting distracted by the music. It's kind of fun. I'm just, just, it's been a while since I've heard this song. Um, yeah, so. Basically, what I have been doing, uh, about the start of October, we started the next phase of our project, and a phase is uh, basically an artificial boundary more than anything else. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, In our case, it means that we kind of finished one chunk of work, and we're now working on a second chunk of work, and the second chunk of work is... Pardon me, it's a it's a enhancement or a recasting of what we've already done. Basically, the problem that we were working on was so big that we had to build a trivial case version, you know, all the simplest assumptions, all the simplest scenarios, just to kind of partially proof the concept and partially just so that the problem was small enough that we could actually take it on in a reasonable time frame. I think if we'd actually sat down to build the whole thing all at once, it probably wouldn't have ended well. But then again, that's the price of business when you're doing big projects. So anyway, we started phase two back around October start. And um, I guess it would have been last week I was updating our project plan. And basically, we were two weeks into the project plan and we were two weeks behind. And the reason for this is, of course, that the in their infinite genius, the people running the machines at the client decided that they would do an upgrade. And an upgrade is just fine, you know, put in new hardware. They've done it before, no big deal. But along the way, they decided that they'd change how everything was set up. So instead of having one system, they'd have two systems. And certain pieces would be on system A and certain pieces would be on system B, which is great. Unless you're like our system, where you need both pieces A and pieces B. So things just kind of blew up. Things stopped working. So we spent a lot of time, and it wasn't very productive, and, you know, blah, 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 project plan, we're behind. So we're two weeks behind, two weeks into our plan. 
We're not actually sweating all that much. I mean, it's early in the plan, and this kind of stabilization stuff is pretty normal. But it's annoying, and it's a little embarrassing to have to say, because, well, what have you been doing for the last two weeks? Well, we've been basically dealing with your mess, you bastards. Um, Yeah, you can't say that part out loud. But you can say something close to it, and you can put it into a status report, and then you can send copies to your manager and your manager's manager and your client's manager so that when they do go, what the heck is going on, you can go, well, told you, told you, told you, told you over here, told you over there. It's not actually more satisfying. It doesn't actually make up for any of the misery, but it at least covers your ass. And that's what it's all about in the high-tech world of telecommunications consulting. You gotta cover your ass. Right, so, you know, adjusted the plan, and and uh, then there was a bug which took another week, and we, we spent them all working on it, and finally things were under control, so I left Hollywood to take care of the the major details he's kind of doing the heavy lifting on that section and that gave me a chance to go back to work on forward which of course is the whole point of phase two which is our project and so i sat there looking at the things to do and sort of this is one of those kind of cool moments because friday afternoon i sat down and did about 25 days of work now I realize that's kind of a weird thing to say because, you know, it was an afternoon and I didn't really settle down till about 2 and I left to work at 5. But the fact remains, 25 days worth of work. How? Well, this is experience. Kind of sat there looking at the various things to do and looking at them going, well, they're not exactly the same, but they're kind of the same. Or at least they're related. And... So, you know, the problem had been kind of sitting with me all week because that's when I picked it up before the bug hit. And it gave me a chance to just let things percolate and sat and thought, sat and thought. And Friday afternoon came about and started doodling on uh, bits of paper, just trying to figure out what I was going to do. And what I ended up doing was writing a program to write the program. So it generated a whack load of code and... By the time it was all done and I was checking off the pieces that I'd finished, I wrapped up, uh, you know, a what, month? No. How many months? How many days? Yes, okay, I'm sorry. A man month, a person month, is a 20-day work cycle. Four weeks to a month, five days to a uh, week. So, yeah, I'm a month and a bit I've regained. Um, it looks good on paper, except that we're not admitting that we've done this because any time we gain now, we would be forced to take off of the project plan. And then if we have a problem later, well, that'll come back to bite us in the ass. So, you know, cover your ass, the motto, right? Stuck with it. Let's do this thing. But it feels good. It's exciting. It, it just, these moments of progress, these moments of doing what I am actually there to do. This is why they need me and not somebody else, not one not the junior developer that they keep asking for, because the fact is the junior developer just can't do what they need them to do. So that's kind of story number one. Story number two follows on to that, the bug that Hollywood was working on that took a week out of my time as well. Well, it turned out to be worse than we thought, and as we're figuring out what the implications are of tax tax exemptions in Quebec, 
because apparently there are some special rules around how you handle tax exemptions in the province of Quebec. But as we're trying to figure out what these this clarification means and how broken our, our system has been, wait, have I explained what our system is? We're writing an engine that basically does billing. It figures out what you've been doing for the month, and it figures out what part of the country you've been doing it, what type of activity it was, and it generates a bill. Here's how much you owe us, and here's how much you owe the government. And we'll collect for the government and remit it to the government. And the client couldn't explain how this works. So the... Two of us, Hollywood and me, we basically sat down, we built a model using Excel and this really fancy pants worksheet that simulates all the tax rules that we know about. And this is the key, that we know about. Because, well, we're the consultants. We're not actually the business. We don't do taxes. In fact, I've never done a financial system before in my life. But um, after... About a month of work last year from Hollywood and me put together this great big spreadsheet, and the client was thrilled because the client had never seen their their tax rules all in one place either. So they're excited. We're excited because hey, it stood up to their tax team. So you know we didn't screw up too badly, and off we go to the races. We build phase one. Well, phase two, we found a problem in, in a certain thing. So now we're trying to tweak this spreadsheet because we're trying to model what we're going to do. And it's ugly. It's horribly ugly. We spend a week just with the basic problem and we hit this thing where we don't know how to answer it. It doesn't make sense. And so we go over to the client and we sit down with their tax team, their tax chief. I don't know what his title is. Finance guys, anyway. We, we sit down, we walk through kind of, Here's what we need. You know, I got the taxable stuff and I got the non-taxable stuff. And he stops me and he goes, well, you know, actually, do you mean taxable services or non-taxable services or exempt uh, this? And I swear to God, he's using language. I've, I, I know all of the words. They are all English, but he's using them in combinations that have no meaning to me. Because, as I said, I'm not a finance guy and I'm not a anything guy that has anything to do with this system. I'm just a technical guy. I make stuff go. So he's explaining to us in, in detail, and, and of course I'm trying to desperately to avoid the detail because I don't know how the system works. I don't know how the system we're attaching it to works. I don't know how the taxes work. All I really know is how the data works, and I don't really care about the names. I just want to know which things I need to tax and which things I don't. So we have this big long meeting, and it has some good outcomes and some bad outcomes, and we spend another week of work struggling with this, and then we hit another question that just Oh my God, it, it, it represented a god-awful amount of work. So again, we round up the client people, we have a meeting, and then they say something that boils down to, oh wait, is that what you meant to ask us last week? Oh, oh, we said the wrong thing. You don't have to do any of that. Just, just you know, treat everything the same. It was horrifying. Two weeks of work by two people out the window. That was the two weeks of work by two people after we were already two weeks behind, two weeks into the schedule. So now, get this, we are four weeks into the schedule, and we are now four weeks behind, except for, of course, my stealth 25 days. And I'm realizing that this story just doesn't translate very well. I was hoping that it would, but it actually takes a lot more couching and is a lot more esoteric. And Okay, so forget that. The point is, we're taking a beating. Um... 
But we come back to the point where we have to put together this spreadsheet and, you know, undo two weeks worth of changes and redo these other changes. And then we got to this point where the value of how we calculate the value of the thing that we are taxing, well, there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. And unfortunately, that's how it should be, not how it is. In fact, there's about eight different ways to do it and about 20 ways not to do it. And sometimes we need to do it in bad ways because we don't have the alternative because, you know, say they gave away some free work. Well, we actually have to tax the free work. It's just that we have to, well, okay, we don't tax the free stuff. I mean, it was free, but we have to account for the taxes internally. So we basically charge the company for giving away free taxable stuff. It, it's about as exciting as your standard T1 or 1040, depending on which country you're listening to this from. And I apologize to my at least one Australian listener because I didn't stay long enough to do taxes. So I have no idea what your tax forms are like. Although I bet they come with beer. In any case, we're arguing about how to handle this and I make a change and it kind of makes things work. And then we find another problem and it just got ugly again. And finally I got pissed off and I started on a piece of paper and I just built a little table and I stuck it to the wall and we tested scenarios one by one. And if it didn't work, I made Hollywood put a tack in the wall right at that spot. And so we have this grid on my cubicle wall of tack, Oh my god, that's an unfortunate homonym. We have a tax table with tax in it. Thumb tax. Oi. <laughs> in any case, um, I was actually pretty proud of myself because, first of all, organizing all that crap into a single table was, was pretty cool. Second of all, actually just depicting it in that way, the visual representation of it, made it very easy to figure out what was wrong. And for an added bonus, I was able to solve the problem with a very simple tweak to the spreadsheet. Hollywood was not happy. No, Hollywood was happy. Hollywood was not sanguine. This comes down to a very fundamental difference between he and I. I, having spent a lot of time dealing with users and having generally reached the bastard operator from hell threshold where I apologize, but users are morons. There is no nice way to put this. There is no way to soften it. Users are morons. People are stupid. Individuals are great, but people, collective people, are stupid. So you don't give them a choice unless you know you can make them understand the choice, and you don't give them a choice unless it potentially makes your life easier. That's my philosophy. Now, my boy Hollywood, he's... Probably the better consultant at this point. He's a little less belligerent. Me, me, I wear my belligerence. Not just like an aura, but like a friggin' neon sign. He thinks that if we're actually changing their financial system, they have to be able to explain it, and therefore we have to explain to them and teach them what's going on, and yada, blah, 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 blah. And, and after all that, I pointed out to him that, A, the spreadsheet that we built was the result of a month and a half of work by him and me now. B, the only people in that department who could construct such a thing were him and I. And at the point that we leave the project, the spreadsheet is going with us because we're not going to hand that over. It doesn't actually do anything. It teaches us how to do the calculations, 
But you can't, for example, punch in an account into the spreadsheet because, again, it's simplified case and some basic assumptions to make it work in a spreadsheet. So it's misleading to somebody who doesn't know what it means. So what boils what it boils down to is they don't understand how their system works. The change that we've done is so subtle that I don't think they can tell the difference unless I spend a day or so taking them through the spreadsheet and teaching them what the difference is. So in my book, meh, whatever, it's good enough, let's move on. So we got into a bit of an argument there, and, and it boils down to I really don't care. If if he wants to make us talk to the client, well, so be it. I'm, I'm okay talking to the client. I mean, if I can avoid the meeting, I will, and just tell me what the decision is. But whatever, just just tell me what you want to do. I, I don't give a crap. I don't give a crap about the client. I don't give a crap about the project. I don't give a crap about the formula. No, that's not true. I do give a crap. I don't want to waste my time. I want to get this done and move on. Moving on in that particular case being leaving the office and going home. So, you know, very keen interest. So I kind of get into this fight with him every once in a while. And it's not really a fight or, or, or it is a fight, but it's a fight at work. And then, you know, we finish the fight and we go on being friends. Um, which also is an interesting bit of a social dynamic because we, we go at each other hammer and tongs sometimes in the office and and then come lunchtime, you know, we're, we're back to the buddies that we've been for, what, 13, 14 years now? I've lost count. So that is how things are going at work. We're basically kind of ripping forward, ripping back. Things are a general clusterfuck. Oh, can I say fuck on, on this? Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's a cluster beep, a cluster beep, um, and yeah, that's my work. Actually, see, that's one of the joys of my work. <clears throat> Excuse me. What I do varies so much year to year, project to project, client to client, and it varies so much just even within a project that I can't tell people what I do. I can't explain what I do. Even the humor goes into things that are just so esoteric that you just can't share it. And the whole thing just turns in a great big lump of stuff that I leave at the office best I can because I've got no choice. I mean, you know, look at it this way. Oh, and then, and then... We calculated the provincial sales tax using a value-added tax algorithm when we should have been using the exemption for the region. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing, though, is that people do get into these esoteric language spaces, and, and it's amazing to find that, you know, humor exists. I mean, I was listening to uh, the, the tax guru for the client talking about a battle that he's been having with an auditor, and... It was genuinely funny because you could see how how he was working on things and what he was working on. And at the same time, I I could not tell you what happened. I could not tell you why it was funny. I, I can't reconstruct it. I understood it enough to know that it was funny. I understood enough to know when, and, when to laugh and why to laugh and even how much to laugh. But it's gone now. I don't speak that language. I kind of understand it. I kind of understand a lot of things. You know, I'm basically a highly functional retard. Wait, I'm not allowed to use that either. Um, dumb fucker. No, wait, no, wait, can't use that either. Um, what's the, uh, what's the polite word for that? Client. No, wait. Mentally challenged. That's the one. If you can't catch it, I'm a little miffed. Don't mind me. 
So that's how things are going at the client site. That's how things are going at work, work. Of course, being a consultant, there's more to work than work, work. There is the not work, work, the non-productive time, the, well, okay, the productive time, the non-billable time, the time when I'm doing what I need to be doing for my employers, my masters far from this land. See, I kind of work through this massive chain of, of confusion and causality. I mean, I have my client to whom I am accountable and basically tasked with making happy. I have a client account manager who, well, nominally is Hollywood, but practically is a VP that we both report to and who is a mentor to both of us. Of course, on the flip side, our mentor is also the leader of a division that's completely unrelated to this work and he's not on site much, but this is his client, this is his site, and we just kind of babysit it for him, so we're answerable to him. In addition, we're answerable to our own sort of proficiency, our skill leader, which is kind of, this is our specialty, and that's the manager for that specialty. Um, then, of course, when we're actually signing amendments or adjustments or new contracts, like the phase two that we're working on, then we're answerable to a whole other hierarchy of executives and C officers and M officers and I don't know what else officers. Um, I mean, at this point, the last project I did, which... Sorry, this phase two that I did, the last contract that I wrote up, it basically consists of the largest chunk of change that I've ever been responsible for. I can't tell you how much, but it's a big number to me. Would certainly accept a small fraction of that if they were ever inclined to share it. And I basically have to take that and uh, get it approved by all manners of muckety mucks, and if not directly by the uh, chief financial officer and chief operating officer then by the CEO's bulldog and I cite her <clears throat> very affectionately that way she is one tough lady scares the snot out of me in some regards but she's fun to party with figure that one out now she's an Aussie actually she moved in when we shut down her Aussie division and she's a really nice lady but she can be tough she can be strange she can be harsh in a way that yeah <laughs> we just kind of avoid her when we hear she's in a bad mood how's that anyway we're 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 faced with the day-to-day operational stuff um i i have this new profiler new portfolio which is that i am the manager to a bunch of employees i've got three now and that's a very new thing for me something that i've never done before and something that i hope i'm not going to mangle too badly the basic tasks that come with that, which consist of writing up appraisals and writing up reviews and telling them about the reviews, I've done that before. But what's new is that I'm actually going to have to take responsibility for recommendations for them. So I have to decide. I'm the first level of person who decides, hey, is this person up for a promotion? Hey, is this person up for a raise? And this is kind of bad because I've been kind of grumpy about the last few people that I've been working with, and that's kind of made me set out a rather high standard of expectation for people. And I have to tell you, I'm not all that impressed with my employees. They're good people, but for whatever reason, they're not necessarily dotting the I's and crossing the T's that they need to, and that's, like I said, it's an occupational hazard given that we have multiple masters, but... 
you know, you got to look to what is actually important. And the reason why you work your butt off for the client is because the client will say good things to your manager and your manager will say good things to the powers that be. And the council, the star chamber will actually sit there and they'll work out what you need to do. And they'll hopefully hand you a great big bag of money, pat you on the ass and say, good job. Okay. Hell, at this point, I'd be thrilled if we actually got patted on the ass. Even that would be a bit of a novelty. Right now, it's like, uh, oh, well, you know, the quarter hasn't been so good, so here's a cost-of-living adjustment deal. Unfortunately, my ego is currently paid at a level that makes it hard to find other places willing to tolerate it. (laughs) We'll see. I've got ideas. In any case, I've got employees. I'm supposed to be looking after them. And so I sent out a note saying, hey, I'm your new manager. Check in with me. Book a time. We'll sit down. We'll chat. And then about two weeks later, I sent another note saying, hey, I'm your manager. You haven't checked in with me. You should do that. And then I was about to decide that, you know, I give up when they started actually showing signs of life. And I was warned that a couple of them were a little bit on the lackadaisical side, but I have to tell you, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Um, on the other hand, one of them is somebody who I've actually, you know, coached a little bit independently just because she was having some troubles in her project and inadvertently got picked on on a, on a skill group call. And so I... I and a couple of other people were tapped to try to figure out what she needed to do, and then afterwards I felt really bad for her because, you know, it just sucks when you get singled out on a call. So dropped her an email, asked her if she needed anything, and turned out she did, so gave her a little bit of help, blah, 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 whatever. Um, anyway, she is now working her butt off. Actually, they're all working their butt off. It's kind of scary, that part. I don't like seeing uh, I don't like seeing hours and numbers go that high. I mean, I've done the 80, 90, 100 hour a week. I don't recommend it. I don't advise it. And I, in fact, view it at this point as a major trouble indicator. In fairness, the project that they are in is in major trouble. So it's consistent. I'm, I'm, I guess, satisfied on that account. But it's worrisome. You don't want that. It's a thing that makes employees unhappy. And it makes them unhappy in a way that causes them to either damage their health or quit. Which, privately, I have suggested that she considered actually but that's only because um she was complaining about you know it's compromising my health and my relationships and ah come on that's an easy one you know what's more important they say they say that nobody ever dies and says i wish i'd worked more but i'll tell you what nobody ever dies and says i wish i worked less either or do they maybe they do i don't know i just I just think, you know, you attend to the things that are important to you and and you get obsessed about things, you get attached to things and you have to adjust the attachment before you change anything else. If you are intent on doing something and then you stop doing it, you don't feel satisfied, you don't feel the accomplishment and it's hard for people to take that satisfaction from relationships. It's hard for them to understand how to do that. I mean, I know that my own prioritization has shifted vastly in the last 10 years and it's taken about 10 years of getting kicked in the ass to really kind of appreciate that and I don't think my own journey is done yet I, I know what's important to me and I do act to prioritize it but obviously there are some limits to that I don't know if there should be or shouldn't be that's all stuff to figure out but 
you know, it's the kind of crap you deal with. So, other than that, we've also had a major meeting, a status meeting in which all of the people in our little unit get together and go to head office, and that was last week, and I didn't go, bah-ha-ha, because I, not understanding the point, not seeing the point, not seeing anything in the agenda worthwhile, and just generally not being interested and much more interested in protecting my vacation times over my business travel times, went to the client and said, listen, you know how you're uncomfortable with all of us leaving for this meeting? Yeah. Can you send a a message to my VP and say you're uncomfortable? Because we might be able to get out of it. And we did. Yay. Let's see. Any other interesting work stuff going on? I don't know. This may be a short podcast. Won't you be relieved? I mean, it's probably been pretty boring so far. Um, Don't you wish I'd done the one on porn, huh? Wait, did I say that out loud? Crap, now I've given away my plans. Of course, I could mess that up and just not do one. Yes, that's what I'll do. I will not do a porn podcast. Are you disappointed? Eh, Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. You'll never know. (laughs) Well, okay. Um, I'm suddenly discovering that I'm out of interesting things to talk. Oh, wait, no, no. I thought of one other interesting thing to talk about. My laptop. My laptop is broken. It's broken due to a gravitational perturbation. This is a polite way of saying it fell off my bed, flipped open, and landed screen first on the table foot. There's two lovely little spiderweb cracks where the corners of the table foot hit the screen. And so I shipped it back to the office, except I didn't ship it. Normally I ship it by FedEx, which is how our our policy works. But this time, in an attempt to save the company money, uh, I arranged with a VP who flies back and forth between head office to carry it home for me. Well, he carried it home, and he brought it over to me. I swapped out, and he took it back to the office. And somewhere between the front desk and our help desk, they lost it. And so for two weeks... We're we're talking about where did it go, which is interesting because I'm much more concerned with the replacement they shipped me is also broken. So I don't give a crap that you lost it. Send me a new one because the one I've got is a piece of crap. Anyway, it took uh, another two weeks to resolve that, and so I'm still here with a broken second unit open for a third. I'm going to actually ask them to ship the third now that I know where I'm going to be for the next little while. It's a very frustrating exercise, very pointless and a waste of everybody's time and um, also proof that saving the company money is not actually a good thing. Don't do the company favors. That That's my philosophy at this point. Don't go out of your way to save the company money because when you do that and something goes wrong, you end up paying for it. I'm all for treating the company's money as your own. I I think that's an important philosophical point. I think it's good for you. But it's just not working when when you when the shit hits the fan, you pay for it. It's as simple as that. I've gotten burned enough times that I just I'm not doing it anymore. So this replacement laptop, I don't care that it's gonna cost a couple hundred bucks. FedEx me the damn thing, I'll FedEx it back and we'll deal. Other than that, 
we have just been notified that there is a major announcement. Uh, we were notified on Friday. The major announcement will be coming forthwith. And so everybody at the director level and one tier below is required, required, I tell you, to present themselves in a conference thinger so that we can finger blah blah fish I don't know I'm not really paying attention anyway got a big meeting tomorrow um, it's interesting speculating because we've been seeing a lot of financial meetings and, and messages rather and, and budgeting messages and you know make sure you do this and get your time in on time and make sure your expenses are low and blah de blah de blah and frankly all of it looks like we're probably going to sell off a division or spin off a division on kind of having trouble piecing that one through because in theory the most logical division for them to sell off is our own is, is the one that I'm in but it's also the division they're trying to get away from so if they sold us they'd kind of lose their cash cow on the flip side if they sell off one of the things they're siphoning, siphoning the cash off to well then the business goes lopsided and they don't really have a lot of work for their cash cow because their main work seems to be supporting the other groups. So it's a very weird mix. I'm really not sure what to make of it. I probably won't be able to say a word about it once I do find out what it is because, of course, confidentiality is a wonderful thing and the SEC arrests people who talk a little too much and I can't afford to be on the bad side of the SEC. So... Um, yeah, I'm a bit stressful. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, I am actually actively kind of hoping that they will shut down my Canadian company because then I'll be laid off. And I'm actually really, really okay with that. I mean, I'm having trouble figuring out what to do next, but maybe I won't do a next for a while. Hmm can't think of anything else. I think I've been talking long enough. Hopefully this hasn't been too painful. I'm going to have to organize this theme thing. I really thought I had a little bit better stuff to talk about, but in any case, it's a podcast and I need to get off my butt. It's been great talking to you. It is still Sunday. Get that. For once, I have finished on the same day that I've started because every other freaking time, it's been three o'clock in the morning when I go to bed. Although, you know, the night's not over. Night is young. We'll see. This has been Sentinel World, Episode 9. Work and stuff. I'll see you around.